Thanks for tuning in to the Newborn Promise Podcast, a production of Graham Blanchard Incorporated. You are listening to an episode called Echoes and Generations, Matt Marr on faith, fatherhood, and music. For today's show notes, transcript, or more information about your Newborn Promise Project, please visit GrahamBlanchard.com. Thanks again for joining us on the Newborn Promise Podcast. I am Audra Haney, and we are so excited about today's episode with worship leader, recording artist, and songwriter Matt Marr, not only to hear about his new music, but also the inspiration behind it. Matt says his latest album, Echoes, was inspired by both the generation before and the generation coming behind him. Matt originally named the album with the idea of echoing the gospel to his children, but after recording most of the album and experiencing the loss of a close family member, he realized that Echoes had a much deeper meaning than he originally intended. Matt said this record is a declaration of Christ's goodness in the midst of suffering for all the ages and how we can keep that message alive from generation to generation. Matt also has some wise and sound advice for new dads, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Here's our interview with Matt. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today, and congratulations on your newest album release, Echoes. Would you mind telling us about this new collection of songs? So much of it was inspired by hymns, right? You know, growing up in Newfoundland, Canada, where I grew up, I was very, my heritage was sort of Irish Catholic, and so, you know, Baptist hymns weren't, weren't necessarily part of my heritage. When I moved to Arizona 20 years ago and got sort of reinvolved in church ministry and was became a worship leader. Um, I always say that it wasn't so much I discovered those hymns as they found me. Mm. So there had been this collection of songs, and I think there was sort of this underlying thread through all of them, which was sort of just, just the notion of declaring, you know, the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, I think especially in hardship. Mm. Um, I started to record some of these, and in March of this past year, sort of after in the middle of like recording, really, and and being on tour, my father, um, who still lived in Canada, in Newfoundland, fell ill, and uh, his health had been struggling for a while. He got very sick very quickly, and um, and ended up passing away on the 19th of March. You know, I'd had I flew up there up to Canada and spent a week uh, with him in intensive care, and um, had a very very powerful time just praying, praying with him by his bedside. And um, but it made me think a lot about what do you find yourself holding on to in the midst of suffering and hardship and loss, and um, and how do you process? you know, your grief and your emotions. Um, and what I realized is that there was this group of songs that I found myself being ministered to the most by. And there were these songs that were inspired by hymns that that spoke of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. Mm. And then I started looking at the stories of these hymns. The amount of times the writers of these hymns found themselves going through hardship of some kind. 
almost all of them were born out of a season of hardship in some way or another. And I've realized that more and more the Christian life isn't really a life lived uh, um, sort of without suffering. It's a life lived with purpose in the midst of suffering. Matt, that is so powerful. And how was writing this album really healing to you as you walked through that grieving process? It seems like this album was as much a gift to you as it was to the world. Well, I always tell people, you know, that when you're when you write um, worship music, for so many people, obviously ministry happens when they hear the song and when they sing the song. And I feel like for songwriters, the ministry happens when you write the song. There's one song in particular um, that it wasn't actually when I wrote it, but it was when I recorded it that the song ministered to me the most. Um, there's a song called Just As I Am on the record, and I actually wrote it uh, with some friends um, the day my dad went into the hospital. Um, I wrote that song that day, and that night my dad ended up going into the hospital. Well, you know, 48 hours later, my cousin was at the hospital visiting my dad, and um, he that was when his health started turning for the worst. And one of the last things he said was, um, I need God to forgive me. Mm-hmm. Just this very real moment of desperation. That was um, kind of one of the last things he said. So the song, Just As I Am, is based on, it's obviously inspired by the hymn. And Charlotte Elliott, who's the author, she wrote that hymn in a moment of having an existential crisis where she needed to write something that was true because she was having all these doubts and anxieties about her faith. You know, the the lyrics of the song are, um, you know, the chorus are Just As I Am, Just As I Am, Jesus, You Welcome Me, You Took Me In. The the hymn lyrics were just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me and that you bid me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Just that my dad in that moment was just so desperate for God. He was left with one plea. So that song, was the process of recording it was very, very, there was a lot of healing, I think, and um, closure, I think, in a way. You know, you lose a parent, there never really fully is closure in this side of heaven. It. I mean, it's just because you'll miss them for the rest of your life. Not every day, not every minute of every day, but their memory lives on. And Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not excruciatingly difficult when every moment, but there's been plenty of moments where my youngest will do something or say something and I'll, and I'll want to record it because I think to myself, my dad would love to see this. And, um, so that it's stuff like that. It's it's very bittersweet, you know. I also see glimpses of them in my children, and I think that testimony to how God, I think God arranges things. And I think that really brings it full circle to the name of the album, which is Echoes. Tell me about the inspiration behind that. Well, my kids are a little bit the inspiration for it. Um, I've been thinking a lot about before everything happened with my dad, just the the notion of how do you stand up for your faith? How do you stand up for the things that you believe in, in this day and age? And that was really what the record was going to be about. And I realized that in some ways it still is, but that the main sort of antagonist isn't so much the world. Um, It's, it's death. 
it's human, it's suffering. You know, I think, you know, when Paul talks about the fact that we are hard, you know, we are pressed on every side, but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, not destroyed. I know there are, there are definitely powers and principalities that, um, that sort of seek to, um, hinder the life of the believer, but really nine times out of 10, it's just the fact that we live in a broken world mm-hmm. and none of us are perfect. And we end up just experiencing hardship and suffering and so much of how we learn to communicate. And this is the part that I learned from my kids. I realized that my kids learn how to communicate by literally repeating the things that they've heard. Mm-hmm. That's how you teach them how to talk. And I realized that in my faith, so much of my faith is repeating things I've heard, that either things I've read uh, in the scriptures, things I've heard in sermons, things I've heard said by men and women that I've looked up to. I think that's just a natural part of not only how, how we learn to communicate, but then how how we communicate now more than ever. We retweet and we reshare and we repost videos on Facebook and things that people say because it articulates how we feel. And I just wanted to try to put together a collection of songs that echoed things that were more eternal. Yes, and I think that brings it full circle to echoes, too, as our faith is lived out. It is echoing again in the next generation and the next. And I think that is a beautiful tribute to your father and our Heavenly Father and how he works. And Matt, you have shared a lot of great insights about parenting already just by sharing your heart on this album. But for those listening who are preparing or are already new parents, you are the dad of three. So would you mind sharing some of your own experiences and some of the things that may have surprised you most about becoming a parent? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is no higher profession. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think family is a domestic church. And I think a lot of times, you know, I think particularly if there's anybody listening who's involved in church ministry, I just want to go ahead and just say your family comes first. Mm -hmm. Give yourself permission to say that. Give yourself permission to admit if that's not how you feel. I think there's a lot of times there's things that we know that are true and our ego and our, you know, our fears sort of get in the way of us sort of actually allowing to admit that we currently don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I think until you're honest with yourself, the the Spirit of God, you know, it's hard for the Spirit of God to, to make a substantial transformation. So I think, you know, if I would say for me, it, um, fatherhood was something that the first year of my son's life, I was I was pretty afraid of. And I think some of that comes with the fact that when you're a dad, the first six to eight months, you really don't feel like you're really not sure what what your job is. And it's real simple. Do whatever your wife tells you to do. That's your job. (laughs) Do whatever she needs you to do and do it in do it with all the love and charity you can you can muster Um, and do it for Christ. If, if there's days where you're not sure why you're doing it. Um, and then at some point your baby's going to smile at you and you're going to, there's like, there's this light that goes on where you're like, Oh my goodness, they actually recognize me. I think, you know, it happens for moms almost immediately because 
literally a baby's heard their mother's voice in the womb. Um, but at some point, your your baby recognizes your face and your voice as a father, and that's a really amazing moment. Man, I would like cling to moments. I think memories um, are so so important, and trying to be present as much as you can to all these little moments. People try to capture like the perfect developmental photos with like the same alphabet letters or the <laughs> same chalkboard or the same carpet and you know because we kind of want it to look like a pinterest moment and that's that that stuff's great but what i would say is that if you're not actually present then when you look at a picture see the whole point of looking at photos is they actually bring you back to the experience that you had but if you weren't present the first time around there's nothing to be brought back to. Mm. So my wife does this thing where like, you know, we, we do photo albums every year with our kids. And so we just got the one for our youngest Callum. He's 20 months now, but we just finally got his, his first year done. <laughs> um, you know, cause with number three, that's what happens. Yeah. And I think, I think it's just looking at those photos. It, it made me grateful for how much my wife calls me to be present. Because I had, because I was, I had something, because I was present to the moment, I had something to remember more than just the photo. And I, that's the thing. I think being, I think being in the moment, I think it's the number one thing as a parent. I think just being in the moment, fully being in the moment, not allowing your regrets or your fears or your anxieties, um, or other people's, what you think other people's expectations of are you. Um, to be truly present to the moment, um, I think that's so critical. Mm, that's great advice, Matt. And how do you see your role as a dad, and maybe just fathers in general, and how they shape their child's awareness of God? How does that spill over into their relationship with Him later? I think as a father, you have to accept the fact that you're the closest thing to God, that your kids that your young children especially can understand because they call you daddy and you're the only person that gets that title in the, on the planet. And then, and you're cruising along for about six years of your life and time processes, by the way, we know this doctors tell us now that time actually processes slower when you're younger. Mm -hmm. So six years, we, I mean, I don't know how long six years feels like to a six year old, but it's longer than what six years feels like to me. And at some point you're in school and hopefully, you know, if you're in a Christian schooling or even if you're homeschooling, at some point your kids hear an adult talk about God and they use the word daddy. And it's just, it's word association. The only other person they know that word with is their dad. And so whatever kind of a dad you've been, good or bad, in the good ways, they go, oh, they think of daddy, so God is playful, or God is fun, or God um, spends time with me, or God draws with me, or God, you know, plays with Barbies. <laughs> it sounds silly, but I, it, it ultimately comes down to, I think, the biggest economy in the mind of a child is time. Mm -hmm. Biggest indicator of, of 
whether or not you care about them. Is that's how they spell love? T I M E. I by no means have been perfect. I've, I've, you know, I've, you know, obviously, especially with what I do. I mean, I'm doing this interview and I'm on the road right now. So, absolutely, yeah, it's a lot of balance. I know it is a lot of balance, and I think it's, I think it's a job for me as a dad in some ways early on <clears throat> to be informing in my children, um, how 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 great their heavenly Father is. You know, because I know there's some people who are maybe listening to this who didn't have a great relationship with their dad and maybe for the first time are actually thinking, oh, wow, maybe my view of God is actually based on on my experiences with my earthly father. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a hard thing to process, I think, as a parent. Um, but I think there's with children, I think there's so much healing that happens. In, into stepping into um, sort of the vocation. you There are moments where you have all this love and you have all this affection for your child. Like I remember even with my firstborn son, this is before he could even crawl. I'm just looking at him and I'm just so in love with him. And there's nothing he could do that would change that. Mm. And immediately having like the Holy Spirit you know, sort of whisper into my ear, you know, and hearing the father's voice say, and that's how much love I have for you. In fact, that's nothing compared to the love I have for you. Mm-hmm. And it really, really is amazing. I think there have been moments where I've realized too that that even my children, my wife and I, you know, we're in this covenant with God and we've created a, these lives, but they're not ours. You know, they they belong to God, and um, God has given us the great responsibility of stewarding their development. But I think definitely there's this sense of reverence for them in terms of how we look at them. And, and obviously it's not there all the time, especially when they, you know, take a Sharpie to your dining room <laughs> table or dump a pail of glitter on their... Um, bedroom floor (laughs) uh, there's always stuff like that but i but i do think that that um that i think it's a good thing for parents just to have moments where you stop and you look at how you view your child and stop and say what is this what is god how is god using this to reveal something to me in terms of how he views me Matt, thank you so much for these amazing insights today. Would you mind just closing out our time together, praying for these new parents that are passionate about echoing Christ in their own families? Absolutely. God, I thank you so much for this day. And I thank you for just the calling and uh, vocation of, of, uh, of marriage and parenthood. Pray right now for your spirit to inspire and speak freedom into the hearts of every parent who's listening to this. Um, God, parenting, parenting is no small task. And, um, and in a special way, there are lots of parents who find themselves really just um, with, no, with little to no margin in life. Their schedules are maxed out. Their, the time is maxed out. They're working twice as hard just to provide. And they're struggling for time. And uh, I pray that you would uh, give them 
uh, just a sense of peace right now. Jesus, the, the one thing you promise in the scriptures is peace. And so we pray for peace in the middle of hectic schedules and going from one event to another event. And um, we pray for the ministry of presence, that as parents, you make us present to these precious little people that you're calling um, us to help steward and raise and pray for the ministry of presence um, for those moments where um, we're we're making memories um, that we can look back on with great love and affection and um, give us patience, give us, give us the father's heart of patience uh, with our children and give us wisdom to know how to navigate an ever changing world. And, uh, and above all, give us love and we could echo your love uh, and your son's love in the worlds of our children. And we pray this all in Jesus name. Thank you so much for joining us for this interview with Matt. Please check out our next episode as we talk with recording artist Brandon Heath about the gift he and his wife are expecting this Christmas. Again, for today's show notes, transcript, or more information about your Newborn Promise Project, please visit grahamblanchard.com.